Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, greetings, welcome, come on in, come on in, all is a blessing, all the truth and indeed a blessing, you can just see beyond the veil, welcome, 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 all is a blessing, all is a blessing, welcome, all is a blessing, Come back home. 
from Kenya. Come back home. That's a new one, Ethiopia. Come back home.
spirits, minerals, indeed the legacy, the culture, the practices, the traditions, the history, our sacred stories, our sacred stories. And please do visit my partner, the beloved Denise Augustine, to schedule and arrange your pre-arranged, pre-scheduled RSVP tours plus experience at www.oursacreds.com. Please don't just show up at my door and start knocking and ringing the bell. <laughs> Visit Denise at www.oursacredstories.com. And, of course, you can always visit my website at www.houseofthedivineprince.com. I'm bursting at the seams. I have so much I want to say, so much I want to share with you today. I, I want to be mindful that my listening and call-in number is open at area code 845-277-9143, 845-277-9143. Please be patient with me. I am only human. I'm only one individual. Allow me the opportunity to respond to your pressing the number one on your telephone keypad. This will allow me to open your mic and bring you into the conversation. And I will, of course, accept your questions, comments, and requests. Um, I'm pressed for time. I'm pressed for time. I have a very important engagement today. Greetings from the UK. Greetings, greetings. I'm pressed for time, and I have so much I want to say, so much I want to share, so much I want to respond to, so much that might need to be, again, restated, re-clarified. And so all is a blessing. All is a blessing. Whatever it is, it got a response from you. Whatever it is, it's in your cross. <laughs> Whatever it is, <laughs> all is a blessing. Um, I want to say so many things today, um, again, and it's implicit in the title. Voodoo, indeed, is not witchcraft, as we talked about on our last episode, and it is indeed stronger than any perceived form of witchcraft. If that weren't the case, uh, You'd have your man back. You'd have that lottery in your bank account. I would not be here <laughs> for an all of your mixing up and screwing up and, and witching up. The truth stands. The, the truth stands. And if it isn't already obvious, let me state what should be obvious. I'm not here for popularity. This ain't a popularity contest. If so, I would be buying followers and likes like many of your, your most popular followed individuals in social media. I would indeed be posting foolishness like many of your most beloved individuals in social media. But that's not why I'm here. That's not why I'm here. This is about the truth, about the secrets of this revolutionary hoodoo. New Orleans Voodoo Secrets and Recipes. It's about restoring what's right about ATR, about traditional African-based religious system, and not warring with what's wrong, but establishing a clear line, a clear line. There are many in this space and in the multi-universes that interconnect with this space who are seeking truth, 
who are seeking justice, who are seeking health, wellness, and well-being from the inside out, not from the outside in, because you can paint it up to look like whatever you want it to look like, beloved. Call it a Halloween costume, call it a tablecloth, call it my sacred garment, whatever it is, it got you here. Respect the voodoo. (laughs) This voodoo is real. And again, I say this ain't about popularity. This ain't about popularity. How many of your popularized figures are manifest documentaries? How many of your popularized figures are operating in the academic realm of our society, of our culture, of our tradition? How many of your popularized figures in in which them are establishing anything that will survive beyond their 15 minutes of fame, beyond this most present moment in time space. And indeed, half of what ATR is, call it voodoo, call it lukumi, call it santeria, call it candable, half of what this is, is ancestor worshiping on. So it's, it's real difficult to start mixing up witchery with your ancestors. We don't wake up our ancestors for foolishness. We don't wake up our ancestors to tell us the time, to give us the weather, you know, to check in on our frenemies. That's not what this is. And indeed, if that's what you desire, that's what you seek, go enjoy the witch broadcast. I'm sure there's some out there somewhere. Go enjoy the witch broadcast. This this ain't Witch School 101. <laughs> this is ATR 101. This is Voodoo 101. This is Ifa 101. This is cultural, ethno, religio, magic 101 from a position of truth. From a position of truth. I give credit. I give respect. I give honor to artistry, creativity, entertainment, for which indeed I am a part of. I am honored to have a SAG card. I'm honored to have a SAG number. I am honored every time I'm asked to delve into the realm of imagination and creativity and entertainment and and horror and, and, and comedy. But that's not what this is. That might be who you are, but that's not what this is. That's not what this demonstration is. So, yeah, I know I got some witches upset. I I know I got some possessors of yoni eggs that are really, really worked up right now. But that ain't voodoo. It's not indigenous. Some would suggest it's not even safe. (laughs) It's not even clean, you know. And if you are not prepared, study all the intricate details of, of mineralogy and crystallology and the presence of other minerals, sometimes poisons that can be present in your, in your yoni eggs, then you absolutely have no business tucking it anywhere, let alone your most intimate parts. That's that Orisha romance. That's that witchery that gets stuck in my claw. That's the stuff that you all confuse with with what's legitimate 
and the demonstration of these practices and these traditions. I'm working on a real deep book right now, me and my mystery assistant, <laughs> real deep. And my mystery assistant has happened to go through intense master degree, university level study just to make sense of this. And I give that individual kudos because they're not striving to initiate. They're not striving to, to gain some position, some title in, in this practice, in this walk. They just want to understand it. And they are so self-motivated. They're, they're so willing to do the work. And, and in doing so, they're bringing back stuff that some of you who've spent $20,000 going to Osoko and coming back still don't have an understanding of, still aren't even aware of. And it shows up as the Orisha romance. So that's why we have to talk about witchcraft on this show. That's why and how witchcraft even came into the conversation, because some of you are still believing the white supremacist Christian Islamic demonstration of their interpretation of what this is. And, and this ain't it. This ain't it. I, I take great pride in frog and princess, but, but that ain't voodoo. I take great pride in American Horror Story and Coven, you know, season three, episode three, in which I'm featured prominently in. But it ain't voodoo. It's entertainment. It's, it's television. And within that realm, you're allowed to delve into imagination. Now, I know there are deep thinkers in the room, and we can find the hidden truths, and we can find veiled mysteries. But in the present world weather, people can also allow their creative imaginations to interject things into the picture that aren't real. In this dimensional times, they might be real in another realm of, of dimension, but not in this one that you and I have to operate in each and every day authentically. It's one thing to be an Instagram witch. It's another thing to be a, a, a YouTube witch, but you're not being featured. You're not being put in a position to teach authentic tradition, practice, history as it relates to these to these traditions. And without culture, which includes ethnicity, which includes a little history and archaeology and many other divisions of science and understanding, you're just delving in creative imagination. You're just delving in creative imagination. Advertisers use creative imagination to sell you over a hundred different types, brands, flavors, variety of toothpaste when all you really want to do is clean your mouth in the morning and, and have healthy teeth. But you got over a hundred different choices. And what separates one choice from the other? Is, is it indeed that this brand is miraculous and this brand is not? Or is it the color of the packaging? Is it the slant of the advertising? Is it the targeted audience, whether it be young or old, black or white, rich or poor, all the isms and schisms that keep us divided, that keep us confused, that are a distraction from what real truth 
is. Let's get down to ethnicity and DNA and, and bloodline and lineage if y'all want to talk about racism and race. Many are purporting to be one thing or another, and, and you are something else, okay? <laughs> you have gotten away with the, the pass-on life, the, the passing as life. But many of us are not ready to do the real hard work. And, and I'm grateful. Listen, I'm grateful. I know that some of you are intrigued. Some of you find your way here. You're curious. Some of you want to know what's, what's going on in this room. But I'm even more grateful for those who stay, who stick around, who have some duration in, in this space, who acknowledge the value of this truth. I'm not going to pour any amount of water on the truth. Not here, not now, not before, not after. It's never been me, never will be me. It don't even mix into my wiring. I'm going to keep it 100, no matter how unpopular 100 might be. I'm going to keep it 100, no matter how conflicting that might be with the pop cultural favorites of the day. That'll pass. That'll pass. Every decade you learn that certain things pass, certain trends fall off. What was the hottest thing in the 70s ain't so hot anymore, or it has now evolved into something else. All things have to evolve if they're alive, if they're living, if they're empowered. All things have to evolve. All things have to grow. All things have to expand. All things have to change. All things have to transform. And so our idea of linear time, straight line time, our idea of permanence, all an illusion. It's, it's all an illusion, but the most permanent thing that we know are the Great Pyramids. But for the most part, everything has degraded, transformed, been revived, been renewed, been replenished. And so, too, should your knowledge. So, too, should be your wisdom. And some of us with a little time, with a little time behind us, We've seen the evolution. I've seen it just in social media. I've seen what we were interested in in 2005 when I first popped up on MySpace and Yahoo 360, and I've watched the trend. I've watched the trend from my perspective, religion, spirituality, ATR. I'm not always this vocal. I'm not always this active. Sometimes I'm just there, and I'm quiet. And I'm observing, and I'm taking in your demonstration. Some of you believe you can be spiritual here and then somehow be something else in Twitter. <laughs> and, and, and we try and, you know, you block your accounts and you put your privacy locks on and you, you try to play around with your names and your identity no matter what. Truth is going to seep through no matter what. Uh, the realities will stand up in demonstration. No matter what, feelings, past, emotions, temporary, trends, fads, temporary, temporary. This truth has endured for over a decade. This truth remains relevant. Even in 2021, it'll still be relevant. Even 2040, it'll still be relevant. My prayer my hope, my goal is that it'll be even more relevant. 
and that your children and your grandchildren and your great-great-grandchildren won't be running to the old institution of wisdom and understanding, but will be standing up in something that's already standing up in you. It's already present in your DNA. First, ancestral memory. Oh, some people find it a little bit, I don't know, sacrilegious. When I say that your ancestors were there first, if God indeed created us and created all life and, and put the blood in there, your ancestors are in the blood, power in the blood. Your ancestors are already there first, even before the rest of your reptilian body is formed in that embryonic sac. Your ancestors are already there. The blood, one of the first things that you, you begin to take on, you begin to receive. So your ancestors are, are present, are evident. The fact that you aren't aware, the fact that you don't commune with them, the fact that you don't interact with them doesn't make it less real. Any more than it makes your God less real. They stand up in every moment, every day, every opportunity. That's voodoo. That's ATR. That's not witchcraft. Once you introduce ego into the equation, you've stepped into witchcraft. Once you've moved beyond nature, without voodoo, there, without nature, there's no voodoo. There's no voodoo without nature. Okay? So once you interject ego and your personal will into the equation, now you're talking about witchcraft. Once you transcend the communal interest, the interest of the village, the interest of the family, the interest of that uh, a colony, if you will, you, you're entering into the realm of ego. You, you, you've lowered that Kundalini down to those lower octaves in your chakra center. And, and now you're drawing empowerment from your lower coordinates, not your higher octaves. So, again, I say voodoo is more powerful than any any contrived voodoo, any kind, any kind. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. If some of you are doing your best. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. Otherwise, they wouldn't call me. Otherwise, they wouldn't seek me out. And still I rise. Indeed, and still I rise. And look at my uh, switchboard quite often enough. But indeed, if you have a question, comment, or request in the short amount of time that I have with you today, do press the number one on your telephone keypad. I will be more than happy to unmute your mic and bring you into the conversation. Greetings, greetings, everyone, one and all. Thank you so much for your love, your support, uh, your presence. Oh, the key word is authentic, for sure and for your uh, continued motivation for giving me the, the reason and the platform to do what I do and to bring what I bring here. One of the things I do like about this space is I'm the producer, I'm the director, I'm the writer. I can indeed operate just in my lane, which is voodoo, just in my lane, which is ATR. Commercialism is a little bit more stressful you know, being present to perform, to demonstrate, you know, often for a paycheck or, or for bigger, you know, commercial enterprise. And it's someone else's vision. 
It's someone else's dream that we support, that we help to, to elevate. Any of you who have a job, who get paid to do something, you are supporting someone else's dream, someone else's vision. Whether it's the people, whether you work for the, for the government, or whether you work for a private enterprise, you are there to be a successful, contributing uh, participant in the development, the growing, the moving forward of a much bigger plan than just your own. So I appreciate what podcasts and, and Block Talk Radio and StreamYard and YouTube allow us in terms of being truly organic, you know, and authentic to what we choose to say. And some of us use that wisely. Some of us use that with a great deal of responsibility. Others, you're you're wasting your space. You're wasting your space, and you're laying down a, a footprint that your coming ancestors will surely tap into, just like we're now tapping into the great Akhenaten and Nefertiti and, and, and Yoruba culture and Ile Ife, indeed, 500 years from now, that they'll be looking at you. They'll be looking at us. And this, this is a, a great segue into the political moment of the day. It's all about what you do right now. Seriously. I, I am so in agreement with the idea that Unlike any other time in history, voice absolutely matters. Absolutely matters. Each life absolutely matters. Absolutely matters. And whether your life is given, you know, a sort of greater meaning, you know, in, in martyrdom, which is unfortunate, or whether you choose, choose to embrace the greater meaning while you're alive and while you're conscious and while you're able to make a choice, that within itself is magic. That within itself is, is the voodoo of which we all live and operate in each and every day. I choose to feed what's positive. I choose to feed what's helpful. I choose to feed what grows. I choose to feed what, what, uh, what expands. I choose to feed what has some longevity as opposed to feeding carnality, as as opposed to feeding what's temporary and temporal and just a spell. One of my least favorite words in, in, in the magical lexicon, spell, which also suggests something that's temporary, something that might just be a, a present and immediate fix, an aspirin, a band-aid, on something that might otherwise need to be attended to. Healed, fixed, repaired, corrected. And so whether you're coming at it from Wicca, whether you're coming at it from indigenous spirituality and religion, whether you're coming at it from from a more Western, religious, Christian, Judaic, Islamic perspective, one is no less easier than the other. One is no less complicated than the other. And, And the main factor is your center of motivation. Your center of power. I, I know some really wicked so-called Christians. I also know some really wicked so-called voodoo practitioners and 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 Santeria practitioners and and, and Paoists. And it doesn't in in any way speak to the truth 
about what these traditions really are. And in no way speaks to the truth about what's authentic about the wall, about the demonstration. Listen, I'm really appreciating all the uh, <laughs> Mafia, I'm really appreciating all the haters and the people that's upset and the people that's in their feelings. You know, um, I get it. You know, if I were you, I would hate me too. <laughs> if, you, if you were operating on, on, on a such a, a, a flimsy platform to begin with, yeah, you might feel some kind of way uh, about truth. You might feel some kind of way, you know, uh, about what I have to say. But it, it gives me a, a strange sense of empowerment. Probably don't realize. You know, be quiet. Be quiet. Every time you, you, you throw it up, every time you throw it out, every time you, you demonstrate it, it's, I check my board. I, I ding, that's one more time that I hit it into the ballpark and, and people are feeling some kind of way about it. And, and it's too many of you who are here today because of what I said yesterday and, and, and what I will say tomorrow and, and many days to come. And I stand on my truth. I've spent too many hours doing the work. I stand on my truth. I've walked this path too many decades, too many years. I stand in my truth. I know people from India. I know people from Africa. I know people from Brazil. I stand in my truth. And my truth is in my demonstration. So I I hear you, <laughs> Mafia, And, um, you know, report him, whatever. It's cute. It's cute. No, no, it's cute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so if you all have any questions for me, comments, requests, uh, let me have it. Otherwise, I'm going to give you maybe 15 more minutes. I have a celebrity appointment today I've got to fulfill, so I, I don't have a whole lot of time. I can't do a, a two-hour, three-hour show. Uh, this might also be an opportunity for me to shout out to my sponsors. To my sponsors, and I'm going to see if I can do this on screen. So bear with me while I try and use some new technology here. So I am grateful for Wanda Fanta, one of my faithful and long-term sponsors, Wanda Fanta. Many of you know Wanda Fanta because of the Big Frida uh, Wanda Fanta uh, commercial with all that bounce and booty in it. <laughs> so I am appreciative and grateful for Juan Lafonta and all his support. He is a local uh, personal injury attorney here in New Orleans. And I am indeed grateful for the support and the listenership and the love that I'm often um, receiving from, from Juan Lafonta. I'm also um, real grateful for my favorite coffee house. Uh, some of you might know I'm a bit of a coffee addict. I can drink coffee 24 hours a day, all day, seven days a week, and I greatly am appreciative of my support, my neighbor, to make coffee house. Many who come here to visit me for services, for readings, know that to make coffee house literally sits one block right behind my house. Um, so it is my local favorite. Uh, the owners and, and, and the management is great. 
Uh, they are involved in community activities. They are involved in things that happen outside of just their store, just their, their business. So I have a great deal of love and appreciation and respect for Coffee House. And so when you are visiting the beautiful city of New Orleans, Louisiana, please do check out uh, Treme Coffee House uh, while you're here. And my last sponsor that I want to acknowledge today, not my only sponsor, but the last one I'm going to acknowledge today and right now is Peaches Records. Where's my Peaches Records? Peaches Records. Uh, That's their Instagram. I'm looking for their website, Peaches. Peaches is a local local, uh, staple here in New Orleans for not just local artists in music and all genres of of music, but also, um, you know, world music, global music. It it is one of the few stores here that still sell physical albums, CDs, uh, you know, physical music, as opposed to your digital music. So I'm greatly appreciative of Peach's Records on 4318 Magazine Street. Um, I'll actually be showing up at Peaches Records at some point today. So these are my three chosen sponsors of the day. And I'm grateful for their continued love and support. And they're also listeners, so I, I appreciate that as well. And I invite you all to, to support them. Um, Reverend Cheese Hungry. Um, a discussion of what all witchcraft encompasses will be a really, really long one. No, we're talking about distinctly witchcraft. The distinction between Wicca and witchcraft, we had that discussion yesterday. Um, and, and it got a little bit heated. Um, uh, and I made it clear that um, it's still not witchcraft. Wicca is not witchcraft and is indeed closer to nature practices that we find in many indigenous parts of the world. So there's a clear distinction that I've made between what witchcraft is versus what religious, magical, ethno-cultural spirit practices. When we think of the Mayan, the Aztec, the, the ethnic groups of China, the ethnic groups of, of Europe, before we get into this sort of governmental nationalism that we, we exist in today, you find a connection to nature. You find a connection to earth. And the spirits and powers that, that exist there. But when you bring ego into the question, we're then talking about witchcraft. We're then talking about you observing your, your humanness into the equation. Um, Shamafia, kindness for Carisha, I need you to be a little bit more specific with that question. Um, I'm having to uh, moderate the trolls myself. I don't really have a moderator unless you want to do it for me. Um, S. Marie, I don't really have, have a, a, a moderator. I try to see them and catch them, and when I do, uh, 
I block them when I catch them. A seraphinic seraphim. I don't suggest people approach it, approach Orisha if they are not initiated. I really don't. Again, that is a product of um, westernized thinking, which is an extension of colonizing, the right to colonize the world, the right to take over your land, your people, your culture, your practice, your natural output, and, and then put my stamp on it, either for personal gain, commercial gain, you know, or, or even dominant. And so I don't suggest it any more than I suggest people, you know, claiming to, to, to operate in, in Nordic traditions or, or Celtic traditions who have no knowledge of it, who aren't connected to it, who have no ancestral presence in it. And so we in a modern context seek to remove ethnicity, seek to remove culture, seek to remove archaeology and history uh, to some degree when we start delving into the realm of belief and preference. Preference. Because in the Western world, we believe it's our preference to choose. It's my preference to choose what part of the Bible I will acknowledge. It's my preference to choose whether I'm going to acknowledge Christianity or all, at all, or at all. It's my preference to choose whether I'm Islamic or, 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 or Christian. It's my preference to choose whether I'm Democratic, you know, or Republican. But when we look at ethno-cultural, religious, magical tradition, you got to start with where are you born and who are you born of. And so when we look at metropolises like ancient Egypt, like the UK, like America, and, and we start seeing sort of this melting pot, as we try and describe it, of culture and tradition and ethnicity, someone is always dominant. Some system is always dominant. Some language is always dominant. So, so for example, much of the world speaks English. Nigeria's national language is, is English. Though you have 200 ethnic groups and ethnic languages being spoken within the boundaries of that one country. So when we try and approach Orisha or any deified system within an ethno-cultural tradition, there's a degree of appropriation that happens. Whether you agree or not, or you're conscious of it or, or not, or you're attempting to do so or not, there is a degree of appropriation that happens. And then once you are conscious of it, then there's a, a greater degree of bastardization that happens. Well, let's borrow from that. Me and my sister was talking about that earlier, and we were looking at various non-African demonstrations of that form of appropriation. And one of the first that came to our mind was yoga. Just think about how popularized yoga is, and particularly in places of the country like California. But yoga is now mainstream. Yoga is now everywhere, if you will. But how many of people who practice yoga understand what a mantra is, what a veda is, even have some understanding of the cultural, ethnical, history, archaeological background that supports yoga? So it is the Western culture that takes bits and pieces out and extracts bits and pieces out for our own needs, for our own gain, for our own capitalism, for our own commercialism, you know, 
for, for popular, popularity, you know, if you will. And in some ways, we see that being removed. We get upset when we see blackface. We, we get upset when people start feigning accents, you know, Asiatic accents or Middle Eastern accents, you know, or Hispanic accents. And, and there's that racial, negative, prejudice, you know, once upon a time, that was on TV every day. In today's political correctness, we don't do that anymore. You know, we, we don't make certain references anymore. But, but when it comes down to the dollar and commercialism, because it's often about the dollar and commercialism, to be quite honest, if it were just as organic as I'm finding my way, I'm, I'm finding myself in what's present and what's available to me in the world, we see that show up as a very different form of demonstration. And so we, we are then hard-pressed to say appropriation, bastardization. The student, the, the true student who's researching, who's studying, who, who's making attempts to better understand, the archaeologist who goes in with the understanding that we're trying to make a better sense of a particular person, place, culture, cannot go in with certain prejudices, can't go in with, with certain preconceived ideas and notions. In the past, it has tainted many of our books. It has tainted many of our textbooks. It has tainted many of our institutions of, of learning. I remember a time when everything was deeply racial in, in textbooks in school. You had the red man, the yellow man, the black man, the white man. And, and, and it was overtly racial in 1960s and 1970s. We shed that. We shed that over time. But when we start looking at modern ideas of new age, witchcraft, modern ideas of spirituality, I'm, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. I hear that a lot. And often when I hear that, I'm hearing, you know, I'm beyond rules. I'm beyond protocol. Uh, you know, I suffer if you will. And and that's not freeing. That's not liberating. So there is no form, no form, no form of witchcraft that can stand up to real, grounded, authentic, indigenous world practice and tradition. When we remove self out of it, when we take the ego out of it and the personalities out of it, and the supposed uh, competition out of it. Um, I don't know what's going on here with my chat. Okay, I got it. Um, Matthew Ferguson, um, let's be specific. Um, and if you can come on screen, that would be great. Um, yes, there are indeed many magical practices in the Senegambia that have a uh, Islamic presence. But, but if you understand... The history, so does Yoruba, so too does does Voodoo. It's not a a organically Yoruba word, and, and many suggest that it has an Arabic root to it. We also look at the roots of what we now coin as Voodoo, and look at the trade routes from 
the black and the brown people from East Africa, uh, Mayro, Ethiopia, Abyssinia, Egypt, Nubia, you know, and then the trade routes across Northern Africa to Northwestern Africa. And when we look at ethnic specific uh, uh, generational stories, um, what do you call them? Creation stories, meaning the Yoruba, the Igbo, um, the Hausa, the Fon, many of them speak of ancestors that crossed from the east into the west. So there are indeed very Islamic footprints within voodoo, within ATR, and not just in, in the Senegambia. Um, experts would say that even the systems of divination that we have come to understand and utilize, that 16 binary coded divination system that, that we utilize, also indeed has an Arabic footprint within it. I know that makes some of y'all uncomfortable. <laughs> but, but, but understand history and the movements of humanity and the movements of culture and tradition over time. Nothing is isolated and, and, and exists in a monolith. Even our societies that, that exist on island nations, we are now beginning to understand. You know, Easter Island began somewhere else, and those people found their way to Easter Island. So these traditions have mixed and have uh, shared. People have married into families, have married into other cultures, have married into other practices. And certain things become habits. Certain things become uh, built in, and we lose sight of. We lose connection to why and how. Um, Ajay Iyami. First of all, Ajay is separate from Iyami, Mr. Rodriguez. Uh, Ajay, um, and it's really hard to sort of force some of these indigenous words into modern English uses. But we say luck when we think about Ajay. You might say the blessing or, 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 or the anointing if we say Ajay. But Iyami is the power of women. The, the usage of Iyami or the sacred power of women to do bad things, to do negative things, is where the idea of witch comes from is where the idea of witch in the African ATR, Yoruba perspective, where the idea of witch comes from. Iyami does not uh, instantly translate to witch. That within itself is a English Western domination definition. I like to describe it as, have you ever seen a baby being born? You're not looking at Witchcraft, Mr. Rodriguez, you're looking at divine magic. So, witch is a very Eurocentric, Christianized, Islamicized word, even within itself. And, and you see that now in Yoruba culture, you see that now in West African culture, uh, because of the footprint of Christianity and evangelical Christi- uh, Christianity in particular, as it has made its way uh, as colonizers in, into the world. But it is not a direct translation. The two aren't synonymous, which and, and Iyami. And in its most appropriate 
demonstration, it is when a, a, a woman or even a man is said to use the power. Greetings, mom. Greetings, queen mother. The power of um, of women or the power of nature to do the very ego-based, carnal-based, lower chakra point-based stuff uh, that I'm suggesting, that's when it becomes witchcraft. So in nature, there is no ego in nature. A, a plant doesn't have racism, doesn't have prejudice, doesn't have bias, doesn't have greed. A tree doesn't possess humanized, lower humanized emotional ranges, you know, of, um, of, of, of feeling and emotion. Uh, we like to project um, I'm trying to do so neophyte vocal, but for some reason right now, um, I can't, and I'm not understanding exactly why. It's something I'm not doing or not seeing. Um, I don't know. I'm not understanding why right now, but I'll fix it. At some point, I'll, I'll fix it. Yeah, so which has never been a good word a positive word in any indigenous culture. And it is only in present modern day culture where we have attempted to sort of beautify and give uh, a popular pretty face to things that would otherwise really be dark and ugly in, in reality. Greetings, greetings, Terika Heider. Thank you so much, beloved. I do my best considering <laughs> this is a very dangerous space for me uh, uh, to be in energetically. And, and I do my best to stay light and, and not to demonstrate uh, <laughs> darkness. <laughs> yes, black cotton people love to ignore the history. Most won't even acknowledge the Nagel culture before the induction of Arumula. I like how you said that the um, history is very important to understand. Most new age seek power, not knowledge. That's right. And a, and a self-empowerment that is not village-oriented. Uh, understand, you, you can't um, live in a village community and, and just be ego-based. No one would have survived. These families would not have survived if we were only as ego-based as we are. Uh, uh, demonstrate in, in modern society, in, in the modern world. You had to think about the next person. You had to think about the next season. You, you had to think about uh, the other people because your, your very survival was contingent on it. Your, your very survival was dependent on it. Today, we have a sort of a me, myself, and I. We have a very individualized way of looking at, at the world and, and at ourselves. You know, it, it's just me. If I don't do it, nobody does it. It's a very Western thing. It, I have to worry about myself. I can't worry about the next person. You know, we were talking about uh, living in big cities like Lagos and Nigeria, uh, some friends of mine the other day, New York City, Chicago, 
and how those cities often, you know, get sort of branded as violent and, 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 and negative to some degree from that criminal perspective. And, and we forget just the sheer volumes of people that exist, you know, in those cities who, who are trying to keep their lights on, trying to keep their heat on in the middle of winter, trying to keep their AC on in the middle of summer, um, just are trying to make it and, and, and live and how limited time we really have to be organic, to be natural, to be in touch with, with nature as well as ourselves. So th- there's a clearly Western influence that fuels uh, sort of the ego-based demonstration of, of religion and spirituality and, and indeed witchcraft as we um, see it manifest in, in culture and, and in society today. And we don't like knowledge. We don't like truth. We don't like history, black cotton. That requires too much work. <laughs> you know? That requires too much work. I remember when I was in junior high, high school, you didn't have no calculators. I mean, calculators weren't even a common thing that you could just buy back then readily uh, for cheap. Uh, maybe right around the 70s, calculators got cheaper and, and you started seeing them in, in the school kit. But then we weren't even allowed to use them. Uh, today, you got your laptop, you got your device, you know. And, and of course, it introduces a whole nother level of, of instruction into the, into the equation. But we were required to know how to operate within the Dewey Decimal System. We were required to know how to operate physically within a library. We were required to know how to navigate a, a, a thesaurus, a dictionary, an encyclopedia, you know, was a requirement. And today, it's at our fingertips in a Bing search, in a Yahoo search, in a Google search. And often what is coming up prominently at the top is what's most popular, what is most searched, what is most referenced. And it makes no clear distinction about what's most truthful. It makes no clear distinction about what's most authentic. Yes, Artist April, thank you so much. The meek indeed shall inherit. The ancestors see all. The ancestors see all. I absolutely agree. Um, I'm going to move forward, you all, because my day is so full. Overwhelmingly full, um, and I'm just really getting getting started. Good. I will be back again, of course, at high noon U.S. Central Standard Time, with more revolutionary hoochu, New Orleans hoochu secrets and recipes with you here, live on many platforms. All is truly and indeed a blessing. If you will, I'm going to leave you with this, and maybe a little bit of that, and all is. A blessing. Ashe.
Congo Square. The Omus Indians, the Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. A sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. The Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. Congo Square, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. And as the colonizers came, our host, the Omus Indians, they pushed aside our host. The colonizers came and pushed aside our host and introduced us in chains. And by the late 1700s, we somehow, recognizing the sacredness of Les Places de Congo, we somehow, and the how of our somehow persuasive methodologies is not clear at this moment. The how is not clear. How our persuasive methodologies worked is not clear at this moment. But nevertheless, even as slaves, we crafted and created a space where we could be free to be we. And thusly, thusly we countered the sacrilegiousness of the French, giving great homage to our ancestors as well as giving praise and thanks to our red-blooded brothers and sisters. This is an oral libation toast to Congo Square, to Native Americans, to our ancestors who made a circle out of a square and gave us a way to stay ourselves, save ourselves from the transformatory ugliness of America, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life and celebrates death with crosses and crosses, double and triple crosses, the middle passage, the first cross, Christianity, the double cross, and capitalism, the ultimate triple coup de grace cross of our captivity. But the terror of crosses notwithstanding, we sang, we beat, we 
be, we was and is. Hail Congo Square. Congo, Congo Square. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated inside the beat of us. Inside the beat of us. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated, retreated inside the beat of us until we are ready to release them into a world that we recreate. A world harrowed by the beat. Be, beat, being, beating, being of black heart drums. Heart beat. Heart beat. Heart beat at this place. At this place. Be heart beat. Be we beating place in new world space. Beating, being in place in new world, preserving our ancient pace. Our dance is the God walk. Our music, the God talk. First thing we do, let's get together. Circle ourselves into community. No beginning, no end. Connected together and singing, ringing. Singing in a ring. Second, let's be original, aboriginal. Be what we were before we became what we are. Be bambula dance. Be bonza music. And sing song words which have no English translation. Third, let us remember. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. The bounce, the blood, flow, the feel, the spirit, grow, energy, must retain and pass on the essential us-ness that others want to dissipate, whip out of us. But no matter, no matter how much of us they prohibit, no matter how much of us they prohibit, Deep inside us is us. Deep inside us is us. Remains us inside and needs only the beat to set us free. The beat to free us. It is morning. A sun day. A feel. A feel. Without shade, but dark. Dark with the people black of us in various, various, various shades. Eclipsing the sun with our elegance. We are 
centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember, to beat, to be. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember. To beat, to be, beat Congo Square, be Congo Square, beat, be, beat, be. Remember. Remember.